Today we talk about some cool websites for teachers and everybody else too, for that matter, that will make your job easier and safer. All right, man, that Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook group is really, I don't know how to describe it. Something has happened, and we're really growing by leaps and bounds. Multiple people joining the Facebook group every day. I'm going to glance over there and show you some of the, not show you, of course, talk about some of the things that we've been talking about Topics that have been discussed, try to spur a little interest here, get you guys to join up too. I always post the link to the latest, you know, podcast on there. And people don't say a whole lot about the episodes. They basically just use the link to go there. But we do have other discussions. Some started by me, some started by the other members. We've talked this week about how certain students behave very well when they're with other students that behave very well, but all of a sudden when they're in a class where the other students aren't particularly good behavior students, then that student kind of moves down to their level. We discussed about that a little bit. We've had discussions in there about golden moments that have happened. James shared a story that I thought was excellent in that regard. Some discussion about do you ever sub your own child's class? So we've had some really good topic. We will chime in, tell each other where we're from from time to time. I told you last week's episode, of course, was about the ACT, and we've had quite a discussion on there about the ACT. Some of it highly, not highly, politicized, I guess I should say, where Some folks think that ACT is no longer necessary. So some really good uh, discussion topics on there. So I would encourage you all to go over there. Join that Substitute Teachers Facebook group. You don't have to say anything if you want to. At the same time, if you've got something to say, why not say it? We want to either agree with you or nicely disagree with you. But regardless, we want those topics to get started As I've been substitute teaching for basically the same school since the beginning of the school year, although this is my second week this past week, we are currently, by the way, October 10th, 2021. This past week, I've been in a different situation most every day and different situations. I I help with the ACT test one day. I sub for a teacher that was gone a couple of days. Then I sub for a teacher that was gone one day at a time, so... Staying busy just in a different form than a long-term substitute. But things that I have come across now that I'm back with various different teachers is resources that I used in the past but have forgotten until situations came up this week and I started using them again. Some of them will add a safety measure to your teaching, and I'll explain that here in just a moment, what that's all about. Our friends at YouTube, they decided, and it's probably been years ago now, that we are going to monetize ourselves so heavily that if the people that go to YouTube don't pay a fee, well, we're going to make sure they see a commercial when they get on, every 10 minutes after they get on, and over and over again. 
it's really got quite a political discussion going on about it. It has for years now, but YouTube basically sold out. If you're not going to pay us anything, we're going to blast you with commercials, which sometimes puts you in a difficult situation at a school because there's lots, lots, all kinds of good resources to use in the school. It's not just cartoons anymore. It's, you know, our biggest episodes in the last couple of months were for the Google quiz forms and the Kahoot formats for use for testing, and there's all kinds of videos on YouTube. But I'll give you, for instance, this week, I was supposed to, not supposed to, I actually showed a video of the Salem Witch Trial. And I'm always concerned about commercials popping up, YouTube commercials popping up during those, because this was at a high school level. And it's not that I think high schoolers should see any more than any other group, but sometimes the commercials might be something that you really don't want the students to see. But there's a way to fix that. It used to be called Safe YouTube or something like that. The, the website is actually called video.link. Where you put .com, you would put .link. Video.link, L-I-N-K. And it's great. You know, what you would do before you went to that website is to go to YouTube, copy the URL of the video you're going to show, and then you paste that into their homepage. There's a section down at the bottom. I mean, if you want to pause it and go there or just open up another website to look for that and, and walk through while I'm what I'm talking about as I'm talking about it, you paste your YouTube link at the bottom, and then what you do is click a button called Generate Link. I'm assuming you know how to get that YouTube link, but maybe I shouldn't overassume. I'm actually looking at a YouTube page right now about ancient mysteries of the Ark of the Covenant. And as I'm looking at it, to me, there's various different ways, right? Clicking, all that kind of stuff. I like to just pause the video, go down under its title where you've got the thumbs up and the thumbs down. And right next to that is share. When you click share, it's going to say, do you want us to embed it on a web page? Do you want us to put it on Facebook? But go underneath that, and you will actually see the link of the video you're watching at the time. And all you do is click the word copy, and that is now copied to your clipboard. Then go back to video.link. Go down to the bottom of their homepage where it says generate link. Go into that white bar and right-click and click the word paste. Now you have copied that YouTube link into their page, and then you just click the button that says Generate Link. You'll go to a new page then. It says Video Link has been created successfully. It will tell you the title of your video to make sure you did it right. It will tell you, give you a little icon of the screen that shows up on YouTube, and it creates a safe URL. Now, if you're sophisticated enough to get into HTML code and BB, BB code, those are there too for those of you that want a little bit more freedom to do some things on your own. For most of us, there is now a, UR, a URL listed there that is part of the video.link system, and all you do is click copy. 
Now, now that link is copied, and this is perfectly licensed. I'm not sure what they have to pay, if they pay YouTube or what exactly happened, but you copy that link, and then if you paste that link into a Google Classroom assignment, or even if you just paste it into a screen that you're going to show the whole classroom for that day and hit that one, well, you no longer have the commercials that play at the beginning of it. I, you probably can't hear this, but I'm going to go ahead and copy and put that in my URL and let it start playing a little bit. I've got my speaker behind my head now, so I'm not sure if you'll hear that at all, but all you do is copy that into the URL on either your Google Classroom or into your assignment. Click it, and you're good to go. It brings up a page that says Video Link. You're all set. You click the Play button, and maybe you hear that in the background a little bit. It is now playing that. It didn't play a commercial. This video is 44 minutes long. It would not play a commercial throughout that entire video. So it's kind of cool. I like it. And it still has the features where you can move along the different chapters noted. You can use closed captioning. You can go into settings and you can make it full screen for your video. So I think that is a really cool underrated tool that teachers can use and no longer worry about what's going to pop up while your students are watching a video, whether they're doing it on their own or doing it as part of your class. Now, I will say this. It's funny. I've been to some middle schools that basically just let me show whatever movie I want to to those kids if I think it's worthwhile or even if it's just like more of a relaxation end of the day on a testing day and we're going to watch a movie to close things out, maybe like that. And then I've been to some high schools that you have to get every single movie approved to show in your class before you're allowed to show it. So it's interesting how those things have developed that way. But either way, any type of video that you want to watch, you can copy the URL into that safe.link. I messed up the title, didn't I? Video.link. I'm combining the old name with the new name video.link, and you're good to go to post that for your day in class. And, I, of course, I said a lot of people might want to use this. You could use it for church activities. You could use it at home just when you didn't want the kids to have to sit through that. So it's not school-specific. Anybody can do it. I will say this. I did notice they have a Patreon community, and you can donate to their, you know, their sources through PayPal. So if you're so endowed to do that, go ahead. It will help them out because they're providing all that to us for free. The next thing I just accidentally discovered, one of the things that I tried to do, and, you know, this is more of a teacher thing than a substitute teacher thing, but to me, all these tools the substitute teacher needs to know because they will eventually have a long-term job. They will eventually get close enough to a teacher where they trust you to do some things. I actually did some things, and I actually added some points to the grading scale for this. So get a load of this one. There are some things that you're going to want your students to watch on YouTube that you don't necessarily want to watch it as a group because when you watch it as a group, you've always got the ones that sit in the back and don't pay any attention whether they're going to get tested on it or not. They would be sneaking a talk with their friends 
sneaking their phone out so that you can't see it, so they can text message someone. Whereas if you load a link on their Google Classroom, give them a link that they have to watch, well, they at least have to open it. But you're already thinking, but Greg, how do we know that they watch the whole thing? Well, guess what? I got a solution to you, for you. Now, the only thing that this won't do, they could have it on and, I guess, be doing other things. It can't track that. That would take somebody looking over their heads all the time. But, you know, that's what they teach it for. Walk around, make sure that you're on the website. Maybe have a couple of easy questions while they're watching it. But let me tell you about Lesson Link. And I guess one thing I should say here, I know there's some of you out there that are sophisticated enough to have found some of these tools on your own. I looked at Edpuzzle, and that's fine if you want to get into it. It does similar things. I'm not as familiar with it. Maybe I'll look at it someday, and we'll do an episode about it. So that's another great reason. If, if you know about Edpuzzle, go, up, go over to our Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook group and post about it there. I would love to know your thoughts. This is one that I found that is super simple. In fact, it's not a very sophisticated website. It's nice and clean, but I am looking at it right now. You get there by going to LessonLink.org, and I am looking at the description, and it basically says, create and share student-friendly links so that you can see which students have completed your activity. Here's the way it works. You actually copy a link from YouTube, just like we did on the last thing that we talked about. And they say it works particularly well. I think they've got it formatted so it works well with YouTube, Mystery Science, eSpark Learning, Khan Academy, and PBS Kids. So I see those logos actually on their webpage. You do have to agree to their terms. So if you're if you're one of those that likes to get comfortable with the terms, you'll have to check and make sure you agree with that. But what I'm going to do, since I've still got my YouTube link copied in there, I'm going to copy my YouTube link in there. I guess really what I've done is copied the safe link that I created, and that's fine too. So on this page, LessonLink.org, you copy your URL into their slot and click Get Lesson Link. The next page that comes up, again, is a very simple laid-out page. There's, they didn't spend a million dollars creating this. It's just something that works. It says, lesson link has been created. Lastly, we'll email a dashboard to monitor the usage. So you enter your email in there, your school email. I would encourage you to use your school email, email not your personal email, so that any type of things that might pop up that the school can track and make sure there's not any spam, those kind of things that might be created. But what you do, you enter your email in there and click the word enter. Now, here's what happens. The next page says, okay, success, share this link with your students. It is a link that starts out with HTTPS, and you know that S means that it's a little bit more protected than it's a it's a safe link it's a link that's protected beyond what just typing in http would mean and it's got a lesson link up, link up there and it says share this one with your students so here's what you do once you know the video 
that you want to share with your students. And of course, this works great with video.link because you've created the safe link. Now you can put it in your uh, Google Classroom page as an assignment for the students through this lesson link. And you're good to go, man. You've got all the commercials cut out of there and you've got a way to track it. So you copy that link for your students into Google Classroom and assignment, just like you sign any other link. Then on this same page right now, I am looking at something that says you can monitor class progress here. And it gives you another link. And that link is for you. It's a longer link. It actually has the word dashboard in the link. So that is your dashboard. And it's got a copy of that link. I copied the link and emailed it to myself. I thought that was probably the easiest way to get it to myself. And I did that. And the kids don't see that link. But here's what that does for you. And you know what's coming. It actually tracks how long those kids watch that video that you've assigned to them. And I even did it with, I did two videos and a Quizlet. And it will even show me the Quizlet was a bunch of flashcards on the topic we were covering. And it even showed how much time they had spent on the website looking at the flashcards. So that's a perfect way. It gave the number of minutes I even mentioned the next day. I think they thought I was joking in that I was going to track how much of the video they watched. I think they thought I was joking with them. But sure enough, I went to this dashboard and it showed me how many minutes. What happens when they click the link in their Google Classroom assignment? It will say, you've been assigned this link. It will tell them that. Put your name in here. So then you'll have their name next to this dashboard report, which you can print out if you choose to do so. You know exactly how many minutes, and you can say, all right, Susie, you only watched that for 17 minutes. It was a 25-minute video. You've still got some more work to do. So I think that's a nice little simple lesson link. Some of the more sophisticated ones probably give you a little bit more information, and if you know about those, please share those on the Substitute Teachers Lounge Facebook group. The next one I'm going to cover, the next tool that we've kind of forgotten about, I haven't used it in months because I'm not teaching math right now. Now, before all you non-math people kind of tune out, there are some good applications for this as well. But sometimes, especially during our all the virtual learning we had to do back last year, especially, sometimes we'll need some graph paper. And if we're doing it virtually, how are we going to show how to do things on graph paper? Well, one website that I found that I really like, I just typed in the words virtual graph paper, and there's actually a website that is named that. Now, they actually spell it virtual dash graph-paper.com and it'll pull up graph paper as soon as you get to their website and they'll click a button called start drawing now some of it's it's, it's a newer website so they're playing around with new stuff all the time I, I can center a point and make a line from that point that comes in handy and I really like it you can click different words on the left to do different things like a line, a curve, 
I'm going to draw a curve now, and it's really kind of cool that it will do things like that. But all you math people, you can do rectangles, circles. You can select different things. You can do arrows. You can do, they've got a feature called snap to 15 degrees. Rather than me trying to describe all of these, you can, you can change the scale. You can set it to redo. You can set it up for the kids. It's a perfect place for them to go and do some graph paper and then be able to share that with you. So that's something to keep in mind. At the same time, sometimes you just want some graph paper to hand out, and it's not as easy to find graph paper all the time. So another one, if you'd rather use this one, this one is called print-graph-paper.com, and yes, you can figure out the difference. This one is set up to print. So you could print out hard copies. You could print out blank copies. You could change the size of the grid. You could download the image. You can undo everything you've drawn on it. And yes, you can click and drag on this one uh, just like you could on the other one. And up at the top is where you'll get a link for how to uh, download graph paper. Now, the cool thing about graph paper, and I'm going to bring up my... Father, rest his soul, he, he used to love to teach classes at his church, and he would buy graph paper that had the light lines, and he could, he could write perfectly straight lines on there, and he loved it because when he then copied it, it's almost like those graph lines went away. You couldn't hardly see them. You could see them if you were looking for them, and he loved that. He bought graph paper just so he could write his notes in a straight way. Now, I know there's a lot of teachers out there that still like to write notes. I've taught for some of them. So if you don't want to go out and buy a big pack of paper and you've got a printer at your house, pull up either of these websites and do your graph paper, write it out on there, or even just print a blank copy and write it on the blank copy. So lots of things you can do with that virtual graph paper. Very simple compared to the other two things that we talked about today. But those are just a few resources that I'm going to guess a lot of you already knew about, but you forgot about them. I mean, that's what we were talking about today. I know I did, and it wasn't until I had to go back to them this week that I realized, man, I should have been using this for a lot more things. So you've got the video link, you've got the part where you use lesson link to track the progress of your students. And then here's where you can play around with some virtual graph paper, whether you want them to attach it to their Google Classroom, you want them to print it out, but all of that is going to be great resources that we've forgotten that really help out in the classroom.